This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. This is Bookmark with me, Uma Pagan Ampike Pagan. And on the show today, I'm speaking to one of our own. Natalie Sia used to be on the BFM news desk, and I'm sure you'll recognize her voice from our hourly news bulletins. Well, she's got a new book out. It's called Alexa, A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss and Hope, in which she chronicles the story of how she lost her first baby and her journey to recovery. Hi, my name is Natalie Sia and I wrote the book Alexa, A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss and Hope. I was reading this book and it's incredibly emotional for me as someone on the outside. I mean, uh, I've known you for a long time, obviously, because you've worked at BFM in the past. And I have to know how long before you were able to sit down and say, I can put this down on paper. I started writing about my journey and experience even when I was going through it because I blog. So one of the ways that I found was uh, really good for me to deal with the grief at that time was to write it out. And so I did that throughout the whole journey, but um, some of the details were not some of the details in this book was, were not on my blog at that time because it was too, too personal and too sensitive. But all that while, I knew that I would want to write a book because even as, as I was blogging about my experience, I had mothers who were writing to me telling me that they read my blog and they, they were going through the same experience or they had gone through the same experience and they could relate to me. And so at that time, I, f- I thought to myself that I would like to write it out into a book so that if I come across anyone or if anyone I know knows anyone who's going through similar experiences, they can just give them the book and hopefully it would help them to journey their own, you know, journey through the grief as well. The story is that you lost your first child, Alexa, at 34 weeks, am I yes. right? Um, and so tell people what happened. Okay, so throughout the pregnancy, everything was really good, really smooth. My doctor was telling me that she's really happy with how I was progressing. And so being a typical first-time mom-to-be, I was like sometimes paranoid. But because since everything was going on well, I didn't think about anything bad could happen. And of course, you're young. I was 26. So any risks were considered, you know, like nothing to be worried about. But suddenly, um, in the course of one week, I felt that the movements changed and again, because I was a first-time mom-to-be, I wasn't sure what was I supposed to be looking out for. And I was talking to some other veteran moms, and I was describing my change of movements to them. But even they did not think that anything was, you know, amiss or anything. So, but I still had that nagging feeling. So I went for a checkup anyway, and that was the checkup that we found out that there was no no more heartbeat. So. At that ultrasound checkup, we wouldn't know what happened. We had to wait until we delivered the baby. So I had to go through the, the whole delivery process and uh, it was a pain. But after that, um, when the baby was out, the doctor told me that the umbilical cord was twisted. It was not uh, around the neck as she suspected at first, but it was just twisted like a telephone cord. So it, it sort of stopped the, the blood supply to the baby. So the baby passed away. I hear... A lot more stories like this Mm. um, of late with a lot of my friends as well. And I think having a resource to go to is very important because, like you said, it's private, it's personal, it's very sensitive, and it's not something people talk about. Yes. And I think when you're in that position, sometimes it helps to have someone 
share an experience and you know that you're not alone. Yes, because when I was going through that, I felt so like my whole world had shattered, you know, and I had no one to really talk to because nobody would really understand. Some of my friends actually gave me books that talked about losing a child, but I felt that the books were not um, enough because they mostly just were books with pictures of angel babies and telling you that your baby is right. in a better place now. But I needed more. I needed, I needed to know that what I'm feeling was normal and I needed to know that I was not the only one going through it as morbid as that sounded, but I needed to know that, you know, I was not the only one that God had something against kind of thing. Oh, no, absolutely. Mm. And talk to me about that, actually, because you are a religious person. How did that help in your coping? I mean, I'm sure that was crucial and essential in your coping, that community. Mm. Well, um, it's funny because when it first happened, uh, of course, naturally, I was in shock and then I was actually angry at God because I felt like I've spent most of my life, you know, worshipping Him, serving Him, being faithful. Why did this thing happen to me, you know, of all people? Why me? And it's not like I've done anything wrong or really bad. I haven't been cursing Him, you know, like why did it happen to me? So I was actually quite upset with Him. But um, but part of me also know that he is still God. If I, if I know, if I could say and if I could understand what, why things happen the way they happen, then I am God. So I just begin to uh, turn back to the Bible, begin to read some of the, the books in the Bible. And I realized that actually the people, the characters in the Bible were also going through really tough times. So it, it helped me understand that tough times um, are not the end. They usually help you become better if you would allow it. Of course, we never understand why. And I wouldn't want to go as far as to say, oh, God took away my child for a reason. Because some people told me that and I just didn't like how that sounded because God is not some sadist to do something, make you suffer so that, you know, for something else. But I believe that if you would allow it, God can use something that is tragic to become something beautiful. And it's interesting you mentioned turning to the Bible as well because those two are our stories and the stories are essential. And it's just like, you know, what you've written in your book, you're sharing your story and those stories are what help people, you know, narratives are what help people cope, whether it's with the loss of a child, with the loss of a loved one, um, even if it's not a loss, even if you're going through some difficulty in life, hearing other people's stories are what is crucial, right? Because like you said, it's not, I don't think it's selfish to say that, oh, I I don't want to feel like I'm in this alone. Yes. Right? Correct. And knowing yeah. someone else had gone through that journey before you somehow would help you to know that I will survive this, uh, that as painful as it feels now, I will be okay. So Nat, whenever something like this happens to you know friends and family, I think another part is that your friends and family don't know what to do. Yes. They don't know how to react and they don't know what you want. Yes, so it's interesting that you say that because I feel... Um, I feel quite guilty and I feel bad for them as well because here are people who are trying to comfort me, right? And they are trying to tell me things that they think that I would like to hear. But most of the time, it wouldn't be what I want to hear and I would get offended instead because they will say things like, you know, um, uh, there is a reason for this or your child is in a better place now. And I'm like, what, do you think my child wouldn't be better with me? <laughs> kind of yeah. And they would, they would say things like, oh, at least you have had your child for a little while. And I'm like, yeah, but I would like my child forever. So, but it's not their fault. 
So, well, they don't know. Yeah, right? they don't know. And actually, it's interesting because if now someone who has gone through this experience come to me, I wouldn't know what to say either because we Would just cope not? with it differently. Yeah, I wouldn't know. All I would offer is a hug and say that, you know, I... Because I can't even say I understand your pain because the pain is just different. It is different. And I think that's where your blog, a book, helps in that the most you can do is share your story yeah. and what you went through. And even though their story might be completely different, their circumstances completely different, I think there is a sense of community, mm-hmm. if that's the right yeah, word. Yeah, that's what I hope. Talk to me about writing that blog as well and the differences between what you put out on the blog, which is, which is a very immediate process, right? It happens and you feel like sharing, so you're writing and you're publishing almost instantaneously. The book, of course, is a, a much more meditative process and takes a long time. Can you tell me about the differences between both of those processes? Um, actually, they're pretty similar because um, most of the things uh, that you see in my book were taken from my blog. Okay, what happened was after writing um, on my blog at that time, and after a while, I took off my blog from online because at that time, I knew that I wanted to write it into a book. And I also, I don't know what was going through my mind. At that time, I just wanted to restart my blog, you know, start afresh and just have a different content altogether. Um, so most of, but I kept most of my entries in my old blog for the book. Then when I sat down to write this book, uh, it was last year and I was already pregnant with my new son, whom I just delivered in January and it was a really a difficult process and I, I kept asking myself why was I doing this now you know like why am I putting the, myself through this I was going through the whole paranoia again reliving the experience and then sometimes I would write uh, I would be typing halfway and I had to stop and I would cry or I would pray and I, I would just ask God to like make sure my, my son would be born alive this time you know I, I didn't want to jinx myself because I was writing about my previous experience uh, it was very difficult but I knew that I had to do it because I had already procrastinated for like three years so back to the difference between writing uh, instantly and the book. Um, of course, on the blog, sometimes when I, when I was writing something, I wanted certain people to read it. You get what I mean? Like, of course. Like you, you want to tell that person this, but you are not brave enough to tell that person to the face. So you write it out. That's what people do on Facebook as well, right? <laughs> so that was what I was doing. And of course, like you said, when I, when I wrote it into the book, I had more time to edit it and to be more more sensitive in that sense. But also it's closer, right? I mean, when you were writing the blog, it was much closer to when it happened. Mm-hmm. And now you've had a few years to think about it and reflect. And surely that must have changed the way you thought about it? Or did it not? Not really. Pretty much the same. You said some things were too sensitive to put out at the time. Yeah. Um, and, and what changed and what made you think, oh, okay, now I'm comfortable putting this out in my book, out into the world? Because, okay, for example, some things that might be too personal for me would be, say I was within that first year of uh, losing my first baby, I got pregnant with my second one, which is my daughter. So there were some things that I didn't dare write it out on the blog, fearing that, you know, it would affect my pregnancy at that time. But now I, I can because my baby has been born and everything's well and fine. Yeah, so certain things like that. How long before you were confident to have, to try another again, baby. to have another baby? And whether this process of 
writing helped build up that confidence because you weren't bottling it up inside. You were getting this out into the world. Yeah. Um, actually, I immediately wanted to try again for another one because at the moment my doctor told me that I lost my, my baby Alexa, somehow I knew that we've got to try again. It was the only way for us to, to overcome that grief, to move on. And that was the same advice that my doctor gave me. But of course, it was very difficult. Um, I think we got pregnant about six months after losing Alexa. And it was a whole, the whole journey of the pregnancy was just insane. I was so paranoid and always worried. And at the same time, trying to enjoy the pregnancy. Uh, so writing it out in the blog, of course, helped me to go through my emotions and in that sense, I've always been a writer of my emotions. So I guess it helps me analyze what I'm feeling. And as I'm analyzing what I'm feeling, it helps me cope with it. Okay, so all of this while we haven't spoken about your husband yet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I kind of forgot him. <laughs> so I'm assuming he doesn't cope by writing. Yeah, he doesn't. So how did your writing help him? Interesting. I don't really know. I know he, he read my blog. But he doesn't really give me um, feedback. But it must be an interesting <laughs> insight into the way you think, though. I'm sure by reading your blog. I mean, I, I find that too when I, when I write stuff. It's just like you said. Sometimes you can't say things to people, even if they're the people closest to you. Mm -hmm. And when I write things down on paper, it is a good way to express yeah. what you think and what you feel. Whether it's personal, whether it's about movies, whether it's about books, whatever. Sometimes it's very difficult to communicate that yeah. in person. Yeah, yeah. So I think that must have been helpful for sure. I think so. But I think we were just both dealing with it differently. Him being a typical man, he threw himself into work and he was just trying to do everything to make sure that everything else was taken care of so that I could just, you know, just heal by myself without having to worry about other things. But when I wrote this book, he was very supportive of me writing this book. And actually, until now, he has not read the book because he said it's just too painful for him, so perhaps for him, it takes a bit more time. Yeah, what are you hoping other mothers, whether or not they've gone through this, what are you hoping they're going to take away from this book? Um, I'm hoping that more people would be aware that people lose babies more often than we know, because, like you said earlier, it's something that no nobody talks, talks about. about it. Yeah, it's only after going through the loss myself then I realized that so many people around me actually experience similar losses, but they don't talk about it. And I think that really affects mums when they go through it, whether it's an early miscarriage or a stillbirth or even um, an infant loss that when the baby passes away after being born. So I feel that it shouldn't be a taboo subject, that people should just talk to it and deal with it. Um, the other thing that I didn't like was how people kind of sweep it under the carpet. Like after that, people pretend that Alexa never existed. And, and also and I think horrible. that stems from a fear of maybe not wanting to remind you. Correct. And to be honest, I, I myself, I don't know if I want them to bring it up. So it's a very complicated kind of um, emotion thing that we go through it. But I would rather that people just talk about it. Then at least, you know, they give me an opportunity to talk about it as well. So I want mothers to know that. And of course, for mothers who have gone through the losses, to know that they are really not alone. Whatever thoughts or feelings that they go through, they feel now, it's normal. And they will get by it. And I think also for me... Encouraging people to write about these things, whether or not you think yourself as a writer, it doesn't matter. I think somehow there is something therapeutic of putting pen to paper or, you know, keyboard to screen or whatever, right? Don't yeah. you think? Yeah, because it's, it's you expressing how you feel. It's like seeing a psychologist or counsellor, but 
This one, you just do it to your, uh, with your own computer at home. If you think people talking about it publicly is hard enough, I think the psychologist and counsellor thing is something most Malaysians don't do yeah, anyway. Yeah, they don't. Right? That itself is harder to get people to do. So yeah, maybe the... Maybe the blogging, you know, you don't have, not everyone has to publish a book, but I think the blogging would help, or even if you keep a personal diary, it might help. Mm. Some mothers actually write to me. Yeah, so I think that's also a good thing that they know some, there's someone who, who would understand and who would not judge them and who would not pressure them to move on quickly. Yeah, I think the moving on, you know, you said you had your next child six months, almost close to six months after, right? Yeah. As in you were pregnant again. Yep. And I think that's a big question that people will have. How soon is too soon? When can I move on? But it must be different for every person. Yeah, it's different. Some people, some of my friends, after losing a baby, they would wait for maybe a year. Some, uh, it has been probably like, what, um, five years and they still are not ready. So it's different for everyone. I mean, the book that you've written, um, it's not in any way... Medical or scientific. No. It is, it is a personal experience from one individual that you're hoping will inspire other people to share their stories and also helping them cope. Yep. Where, where can they get the book? Uh, they can get it on my website, which is natalicia.com. Easy. Yeah, just... S-I-A without a H. Yes, without a H. Uh, I'm trying to get it out on bookstores, so hopefully it'll be out on bookstores soon. And how much is it? Twenty nine ninety. Ah, see, very reasonable. <laughs> ringgit. Let me tell you, with the exchange rate at the moment, it's very difficult to find a book for just 30 ringgit. So yes. <laughs> go out there and find Natalie's book. It's called Alexa, A Mother's Journey of Love, Loss and Hope. This has been Bookmark BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.